It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast, Drew Mocow. Yo. What's up, guys? We are two different people, despite that intro. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day. It really does. <laughs> Kyle, you haven't you haven't said bringing the bull in a while. I've noticed. Did you drop that straight into it? Oh, usually it has Danny right afterward, so it wouldn't yeah. make sense. He's uh he's on the uh, injury report this week. That that right arm needs time to heal after what he Ooh. did to it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking his mouth needed a rest after. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> the Roma recruitment speech. Oh, uh, yeah. There it is. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I, love, I can't wait to hear the retaliation next week. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of the podcast week by week, though, one thing I was thinking about, and I'm curious on your guys' thoughts and probably the listeners' thoughts, is we don't have a name for the fans of the podcast, right? We don't have, like, the Sultan's Army or whatever the fuck we want to call them. Because we got this growing group of people that listen, and we got nothing to call them except the guys who listen. We need a name? No. Um, we don't I, need it. I think they should make it up, though, not us. All right. Yeah, so. yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't give yourself a nickname. It's not for us, though. It's for them. Well, you can't give your your <laughs> and I just think it has to be organic. Yeah, it's just gotta, it's just gotta come to them. Uh, well, they can only send it to one of us. What do the handful of people that listen to us want to be called? Ooh. Sultan's harem. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been thinking about this. The Sultan's <laughs> Unix. You guys know what an Unix is or Unic? Yeah. Uh, it's okay to say no. Uh, Most no, people I don't. don't. It's a ballsy thing to say no. <laughs> So, for those that don't know, uh, I think it was it was it the the Turkish was it the Ottoman Empire that used to use Unix a lot, or was this in, was in India during uh, during that like I don't know, it's not medieval times, but I think it was during the like, Ottoman Empire. I feel like right? a lot of cultures have used them for various reasons over time. And I'm saying it right, Unix, right uh, or Unix. I don't know the exact pronunciation. Basically, it is a male who has their uh, genitalia removed, and they are servants in the royal court. Think of uh, what's oh, that yeah. dude in Game of Thrones? Yeah. The, uh, what's his name? I don't know, but yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So he's an eunuch. So basically, they were they, the purpose was that they would not mess around with women in the royal family, I, I think. And there was other reasons, too, but... Anyway. That sweet, high singing voice. Yeah. Yep. So that's what Are you saying just... that's the, pe- the people who listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> no. We just lost well, both of our listeners. Yeah. No, I'm saying these are things that are in, like, a sultan's court, right? Oh, like yeah. The next yeah. harems. Ah. <sighs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, what else? <laughs> what else you got there, Kyle? That was a good start. Good start. Yeah. Oh, all of our, the topics. Uh, I, I, all of our I, listeners. I bet, I bet you no everyone's Googling that. 
Not now. You just told him. Huh? You not now. You just told him what it was. We should have just let it go. Oh, they're still gonna Google it anyway. There's still more curiosity. Uh, it's fair. <clears throat> All right. So, 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 so Mo, you had brought up a topic earlier. Uh, do you want to dive into that one? Do you remember it? The misconceptions. No, before that, about uh, vacations <laughs> and stuff. Well, no. I've decided that I'm going to lay off that one. All right, we'll go with the misconceptions then. All right. So misconceptions. I was excited about that. You right. were? <laughs> go for it, Drew. It's all your topic. Yeah, no, Drew, yeah. It's yeah. Fine. Deep thoughts with Drew. No, I already you know, know the answer to that one. What do you mean? Dude, those people are in debt galore. Well, so the, topic, the, so the, the point of this topic was... was People Everybody that go on vacations, some number of people that like take big vacations, or maybe they buy fancy crap, right? But you know they don't have any money. Yes, or you know roughly what they make, you know, type of deal. Well, Dude, they're, my th- they're in debt galore. My thing is, put aside the financial burden of constant vacationing. Okay, I'm talking about time. Days if off from you, work or what? Yeah, so like, if assuming you're working to where you could afford this vacation, uh, how are you still taking that much time off? Depends on how long. I mean, I literally see people on vacation. There are certain people I see like on vacation every month. But but not for like a week, right? What's that? Not for like a whole week, like just like a weekend thing, maybe. Well, even a few days. Okay, so let's let's say. Well, I guess in this case, these are single people, but I mean, a trip to Disneyland uh, and not even like a, a super expensive trip is going to be over a thousand bucks a day for you and a couple kids. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah. You said single people, though. Yeah. I mean, most of these people are single, but vacationing is not cheap. I mean, depends how you do it. You got to do it on a, on a budget. Driving around staying at hostels. Hostels. Yeah. <laughs> then there's naked videos of you on the internet after. All right. <laughs> As if there aren't already. Yeah, that's right. true. Uh, that... <laughs> uh, I don't know. See, I, I just feel but, like. Well, what kind of time are they spending? Well, I don't know. Like if they've been Let's at their job a like while. A you're, work week. You're, you're, you're talking they've, they've got probably three, maybe four weeks of work. Off, Typically, these are younger people, though. Yeah. That have not necessarily what I would say. They're probably not high enough on their ladder to be taking that kind of time. Unless their trips are being subsidized. Yeah, maybe right. maybe mommy and daddy are paying, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I used to, uh, no, I'm not going to get into this. Let's <laughs> just say that there are... Let's get into people this. People that, that take advantage of relationships to better their lifestyle. Well, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I ain't saying she a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people do that, though. Oh, and I've been seeing a lot of that. They sacrifice um, everything for that. Morals and everything for... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty crazy. 
Is there anyone well, in particular that we're talking about? What's that? Is there anyone in particular? Oh, I mean, I know. I mean, there's a few that I know personally, but not not anybody that would that has triggered that right now. Gotcha. But I've seen it happen in the past. It's an interesting dynamic. But I was watching, you know, what kind of made me think about that was I'm watching Narcos Mexico now. So I, I finished the three seasons of Narcos um, finally, uh, which I think I'm like a year or two late on that probably. Um, but I uh, have started Narcos Mexico and, and even in Narcos and then Narcos Mexico. Now you see that dynamic of the wealthier, well-to-do person that could provide a lifestyle for somebody that there is no way in hell would be able to afford that lifestyle. So there's like this, call it arrangement, mm-hmm. right? Or understanding. Little little sugar daddy action. Sure. But it, it's amazing to me as I've gotten older, how much I actually see that in real life now. I don't know if I know anybody like directly, like, I mean, come on, you see these um, average, below average guys with, like, model girlfriends a lot now. Because well, I think he's that's got, a different dynamic. But because he's got money, come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, not even that. No? A lot of, okay, so think about it. You're, you're an extremely attractive person, right? Well, Let's thank you. Oh. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was this like, took a turn. You want me to leave you guys alone? <laughs> but... But, Appreciate uh, that, Mo. Yeah. Thank you. But you're used to being the center of attention. If you go with somebody who is equally as attractive, now you got to share that attention. Yeah, that's and true. now you become not expendable, but you become like normal to somebody that's on your level of attractiveness, right? Which means you're not going to get your butt kissed. You're not going to have your way all the time, right? Yeah, and so. I know if I maybe go a step or two down, I'm going to be looked up to, right? I'm going to be, you know, that person's going to feel lucky to be with you. They're going to cater to you. And you're still going to get all the attention that you're used to getting. How many times have you used that argument for unattractive women to see if it would work? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Be like, I will be below you, and I'll it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never. How, how many times have you used it? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've, I've spoken to, to female friends of mine throughout the, throughout the years about this. I've spoken to guy friends of mine that, you know, you know, sometimes you'll say about a guy, he outkicked his coverage or whatever, let's just say. Um, and... There are, I, I believe, sociological factors to that. They go beyond just money, right? Yeah, no doubt. It's not just money. So, what else you know, got? It could be what? that the guy is actually enjoyable to be with, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can, could we can be. have a high opinion of people here. That's okay. Could be. Could just enjoy could each be. other's company. What other factors yeah. you think? What do you got? Well, I just said. I mean, now wanting to be the focus, right? I know. I didn't know if you had more. No, that's about it. I mean, there are other things, but I'm not going to say that on the podcast. So, 
Nope. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Jim Cobb got the hiccups. That's what. Yeah. I'm imagining things worse than you're gonna say. Is all. It is. Oh yeah. Well, you can get ignorant. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all good. Anyway. Cool. So. So. Let's talk about a cigar topic. All right. No, because don't I do have that. like one. Oh, all right. Um, so there was a, a bill recently that was introduced nationally to change the tobacco purchasing age to 21, which we've Saw talked that. about here before, how most of us don't seem to care a whole heck of a lot. Right. The, the interesting thing that I'm curious to get your guys' take on is that IPCPR seemed to come out in support of this national bill. Now, remember, this is the, the organization that's supposed to be on the side of all of the retailers. Mm-hmm. And do you guys feel like they let the cigar shops down by choosing to be on the side of the Tobacco 21 movement? That's a great question. I think that just off the top of my head without giving it probably the amount of thought that it deserves. But my initial People don't reaction... listen to this podcast for the amount of thought anything deserves. <laughs> well, they that's... listen for Deep Thoughts with Drew. No, that's true. Right, no one topic, listens for that. This is not it. Okay. My initial reaction is this, is that if you talk to most of your retailers, they're not getting 18-year-olds coming in through the shop, right? And they'll be the first ones to tell you that. We have discussed ad nauseum how you're not going to see young kids smoking cigars. It's just not a young kid thing. But there are still some some younger people that enjoy it. There are people in our armed forces that enjoy cigars that are 18, 19 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, To take that away from what is considered in this country to be an adult at 18 years old, uh, to me, does not make sense. On a national level. Do what? Mo, I mean, uh, Cal. What do you think? Uh, I want—I don't know. I hadn't heard it, so this is the first of this. But I wonder if it's one of those, "Hey, look at us trying to help out" type of deals. Um, you know, we'll we'll support this yeah. if you will back off of this. <laughs> right. Yep. And it could be what they're doing. They're trying to show that they're they're responsible too. Yeah. That they're you know they're not uh, they're not just out to to get young people on tobacco. That they have that, that they're trying to do their civic duty to uh, maintain tobacco use as an adult behavior. But again, mm-hmm. again, if you're old enough to serve in the military, you're old enough to drive, you're old enough to go to college or or get a, a job and. And start a career at 18, I'm pretty sure you're at a point where you could make the decision to whether or not you want to smoke cigars. Well, here's the other side of that. They're, they're, they're trying to keep children, kids, teenagers, mm-hmm. from tobacco. Yeah, that's true. The, the, if they're under 18, they're getting it illegally anyways or whatever. Yeah. It's still going to happen. Just because you moved it to 21 doesn't mean that kid's not going to get cigars from his uncle right. or dad or There's his buddy. Only, hold on, hold I mean. on, hold on. Drew, are you telling me that people in this country <laughs> knowingly break laws? <laughs> well, Kyle, what are your thoughts? 
<laughs> That's crazy, isn't it, Cal? I, I don't I, believe you. I've never I, sped. I, <laughs> I have never known anybody who had marijuana. Yeah, Cal, um, you're Switzerland. But what, what's yeah. your take on this? Yeah, so, so I have sort of two thoughts on it. My first is I wonder if they are just trying to do kind of what Drew was saying, like the yep. cigarette industry did. Yeah. I think they, they really did a good job of limiting their damages that they would have mm-hmm. had by going along with a lot of stuff. Sure. But then my second thought is, did they actually ask the retailers? Like, they're supposed to be, like, representing all these retailers. And the retailers pay them, like, literally pay them money to be part of yeah. the group. Yeah. So I wonder if they ask. And based on the reactions I've seen from different places, I don't think they actually asked. I think they just pissed a bunch of people off. Yeah, I doubt they asked. Because that would be okay if they were like, hey, guys, here's our strategy. Right. Right. Are you cool with this? But you can't but, throw yeah. that out there either. That's a behind the scenes yeah. deal. Some higher ups going, "Hey, let's just let's just play along here. Let's pretend to be responsible. Let's give up this little thing so that we can get them off our backs about other stuff." Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of damned either way, though, right? Because if you lose your membership, then you don't have any money. Right. Yeah, but how uh, many of those are between eighteen to twenty one? Twenty. You're losing Probably three years. But it's the retailer that pays, right? The retailers and manufacturers yeah. and, and yeah. cigar media and all those groups are the ones that pay yeah. IPCPRs. How many are between 18 right. and 20, though, that are going in shops? Barely any. Enough to piss people off is all that I know. Right. right? Which is not a lot, but any you're lost gonna sale is a lost sale. You're going to see those kids in cigar shops on the days of their graduations, okay? Yeah. Uh, maybe Prom or something. Their, their college winter break or, you know, whatever, holiday break, whatever you want to call it. And you're going to see them maybe on a birthday. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So if I'm a shop, though, and, and maybe I, I, don't, I don't know anything about this. This is a real question. If I'm a shop and somebody comes in on their 18th birthday, right, mm-hmm. do I have the opportunity then to make a customer for a long time? Because that yeah, you person, do. Like, like, they'll come back if I treat them right. Yeah, you're going to lose that opportunity. They'll just have to come in on their 21st birthday. Right. (laughs) Hey, I'm all for for not giving anything in, to, but that's probably what, I don't know. That's just my assumption of what they're probably doing. That's fair. They've got to give something. You haven't heard anything about this before, right? No, I have not. So so here's a question for you then. This this is mind-boggling to me, so that gives away the answer. Uh, which, which, like a, a congressperson from which party introduced this legislation? I'm guessing since you're saying it, it's a Republican. Yeah, I've, I, all these Tobacco 21 things are bipartisan support, man. Everywhere. So if you are a single issue voter on cigar rights, you no longer have a party. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like vote for some other reason because nobody has your back. Yeah. Yeah, tobacco is uh, not popular right now. Yeah. Nope. Well, and there's a there's one being put in here in Oklahoma that you can no longer smoke inside. Saw that. They're still doing it though. Uh, it's still it's just been introduced and all, but. Yeah, poor old Jeff might be out of a job soon. Well, here here's the other thing too, man, and here's a question: How many people? 
that smoke cigars, because typically, like we've talked about, cigar smoking is something you pick up as you get older, right? Um, how many people were tobacco users of another form prior to starting their, their cigar journey versus they'd never used tobacco of any sort prior to getting into cigars? That's an interesting question. Did you guys smoke anything else before you, before you tried cigars? I started smoking uh, cigars yeah. when I was 17. <laughs> yeah, I started at 18. So. Post your children. Oh, so much for this Tobacco 21 thing. <laughs> yeah, I would have been fucked. Yeah. Fair. But, tip, I mean, you'll see, you'll certainly see a lot of cigar, uh, ex-cigarette smokers that got into cigars to get off of cigarettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see a bunch of those. Yeah. I actually started smoking cigarettes before cigars. Okay. For like a solid two years in college. That was it. Yeah. What made you, did you switch right over or did you quit and then pick up cigars later? Man, I quit cigarettes several times. Um, like anybody else, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. Cigars taste so much better. It's an oh, enjoyable yeah. experience instead of just like some bullshit. <laughs> but in college, it's like a way to talk to people and hang out, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. But then that loses its luster, and you're like, well, what am I doing this for? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. Hanging Let's out, dive into this. Hanging oh, out and smoking cigars in college is not probably not cool. <laughs> no. I don't. You, uh, don't, you don't see it often. <laughs> But I did, and weirdly enough, you'd be amazed at how uncool I was in college. Mm. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, I, I was actually pretty cool. Oh. So, boom. Boom. What happened? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, did you feel that, that collective eye roll? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I do it for. <laughs> you got to give people something to talk about when they're listening to the podcast, right? Because they all say, I keep hearing this. I think you guys probably do too, right? Like, I say stuff to you guys, and you don't say anything back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, during the podcast, they just throw shit out there. Like a wall. (laughs) So, expecting some things said. Um, So, let's dive into this misconceptions thing, right? So, So, Mo, you wanted to talk about misconceptions, things that people have wrong opinions about okay so for example more expensive is always better right that could be cigars non-cigars um another one that always kills me is uh that the president has a bearing over the health of the economy (laughs) as if like congress just passes laws or the president signs laws into existence that you know uh that affect the economy and this has nothing to do with politics uh, or what? who sits in the president's chair, so I don't want anybody getting all crazy on me. The <laughs> point is that throughout history, anybody that thinks that uh, the government is going to dictate the direction of an economy, at least in a positive way, typically, uh, is just not true. Uh, the market the is the market. Term. Yes, the market is the market. Now, you can enact laws that will affect certain segments of the economy, but as a whole... Um, the market is the market, and it's going to dictate 
uh, what economies grow stronger and, and what economies don't. And uh, that's just reality. Now, of course, there are geopolitical things that occur um, on a covert level where, you know, let's just say uh, different avenues that uh, maybe you find um, to alter outcomes of other economies or to uh, take control over resources, for example, but that's here nor there. Ultimately, the market will dictate that. But so when people like say, well, I'm going to vote for this guy because the economy is going to get better. No, that's, that's not how it works. Okay. Um, okay. So people can't vote based on the economy or their view on cigars. What do you what vote on? Base their votes? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying it's a misconception to think that the person sitting in the president's chair is going to be the sole uh, reason that the economy does better or worse. That is, I just don't understand that. Um, the other thing is that I've been mulling over recently is home ownership, right? Um, people think that you are throwing away your money if you rent, uh, for example. And my question is this. Purchasing a home, and, and I'm not sure where I stand on this, right? Because I'm still like my thought process. But like, for example, if you go and you get a mortgage, right? Um, you are on the hook for that mortgage. You are committed to that home. Now, people are going to say, well, it's an investment. Okay. Actually, our conversation last week with Joe, uh, Drew's Homeowners Association meeting kind of got this trickling through my head. Awesome. Okay. So you buy a house, it appreciates in value, which generally means your entire area that you live in has an appreciation in value of home. So even if you were to take the appreciation of the value of your home, you still have to move into another home that is going to now cost you more money because of the appreciation in the area which you live, right? Okay, so that appreciation just means that now you can go get another house. Now what you're going to probably do because you think you made this money on this house, you're going to go buy an even more expensive home, right? So now you're still committed to this mortgage in a more expensive home, right? Mm -hmm. And really this investment that you thought just accumulated you more debt that you're committed to paying. Now we're, for example, it does work. Now, let's say you live in San Diego, California, and your home that is a 1,500 square feet is $5 million, and then you move to Iowa, and you sell your home in San Diego for $5 million, and now you go buy you know, a 10,000 square foot home for a million, and you pocket it for a million. That's different. Mm -hmm. But the majority of people that sell their home move into an area that is not far from where they currently are generally, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting a trade off, right? You're losing some flexibility in where you're living. Cause if you don't like where you're living in an apartment, you just move after the lease is up. Right. Um, I think the one thing that you didn't mention that you do get is right. Like when my house is paid off, I don't intend to move again. Yes. So I will live essentially rent free for the rest of my life. True. Yeah. That's a great point. So but if you're how planning many to stay in yeah. your house, I think it's an incredibly good investment. Exactly. But well, if you're not planning But now to you're not looking house, at it as an investment, Kyle. You're looking at it as it's no longer an investment if you're going to stay there. 
Yeah, I don't I don't intend to sell it. I mean, I could sell it. Who knows? The future is anything. Sure. Yeah. But if you get it, I mean, anything could happen. But my point is that if you're looking at a home as this like investment that's going to appreciate, the reality is when your house appreciates, so does everything around you. That's true. And then uh, the other thing people don't ever take into account is let's say I buy a house at $300,000, right? Right. And then I get a mortgage at what, 4%? Is that what they're at right now? Uh, yeah. Somewhere that like, that, right? like that, right? At the time when I finished paying for that house, I didn't pay that $300,000. I paid like $500,000. So even if it appreciates, yes. Like, it's that's a huge amount of money that I have paid into that house. So it's not Correct. like I made, you know, if it goes up $50,000, I didn't make $50,000. I lost $150,000. <laughs> right. And it's like, so for example, like my parents have been in their same house for 30 years. Okay. That's worth that it. Mean, right. Exactly. But if you're house hopping, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't understand that. I really don't. Which brings me to, and I had one more. We were talking, you were talking about the, leasing a car. Everyone says that's ridiculous. You shouldn't lease a car, whatever, right? You're tossing. So it's better to go buy a depreciating asset. Um, or even worse, people who say, well, I can make the payment on the car. So they go get themselves into a car that they really can't afford. So like, let's say, for example, your car payment is $500 a month, let's just say, right? You could make that payment. Well, guess what? I just hit a pothole. I need a new tire, uh, which happened to me twice this winter. Uh, <laughs> now you can no longer um, afford the car. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, now what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this thing that, you know, went wrong, you know, uh, now you got to fix it. Just because you can make a payment on a car doesn't mean you could actually afford the car. Mm-hmm. That's a common thing I see. It's one of my favorite phrases is do the math before the aftermath. Ooh, that's good. nice. All right. You're about to fuck your own shit up because you didn't bother thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's never easy, but everybody does it sometime till they learn. Yeah. And this is, you know, these are lessons that, you know, the younger guys that listen to the podcast, uh, which I think the majority of the people listen to our podcast are probably our age or maybe even a little bit older. But the reality is, you know, learn from the mistakes of people and don't just take conventional thought to be correct. Think long and hard about your own situation and what really works for you. I don't think they teach a lot of this stuff, though. You No. No. And... A lot of times it's shared after the fact, <laughs> like, well, right. you fucked up. You just bought a $500 a month car. <laughs> right. Good luck putting well, tires on five that. five years. <laughs> yeah. Good luck trying to go out again ever to the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good luck eating. When somebody's going to be grazing yeah. in the field. You're going to get advertised some kind of cool deal where they'll buy out what you have left. Right. right for your your thing, and that's almost always worse, right? You're you're basically just taking that money and rolling it into your next debt. Correct. Yeah. So avoid debt as much as you can. The other thing I would tell people, and and this is going to sound stupid, but like I hear a lot of guys say that they blow through their cigar budget and then they buy more. 
I can't imagine like how dumb that is. Explain. How much is their cigar budget? <laughs> well, whatever you set, right? Whatever is a reasonable amount for you to budget for your cigars. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you're spending your money on a luxury product, well, let's be fair, mm-hmm. cigars are a luxury product. Yeah. You don't need them. Like you need food. Right. Um, like if you actually do have a budget, which I I would say most people should have, you should generally stick to it. And every now and then a splurge isn't going to kill you or anything, right? Assuming you have a, a reasonable amount of money. But, like, if you consistently blow through your cigar budget and spend way more than you should on cigars, like, you sit down at the beginning of the month, you figure out how much is cool to spend, and then you spend a lot more than that, like, you're just screwing yourself. It's just not a reasonable, good idea. Well, we talked about how easy it is to spend a lot more on cigars um, than you originally anticipate you will, right? Like... When I started, I had a 50-count humidor or whatever, and I'm like, man, I'll, I'm never going to fill this thing, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, you get into it, and you're buying stuff to age. And mm-hmm. and so I think that, yeah, I think that's a great point, that you really need to be realistic with how much into cigars you're going to get, right? And understand that what you think could be a cursory, like, hobby or, like, something you do once in a while could quickly turn into... I really like this. I'm going to do this a lot more often than I originally anticipated type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or you see the guy that goes for the deal, right? Like, oh, man, this is like 30% off right now. It'll never be 30% off again. I should buy it right now. It'll be 30% off again like next month, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not. You don't know, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the curse of the limited, right? But other than that, everything else goes on sale in pretty reasonable cycles. Yeah, it does. This is back to our first topic about uh, they're in debt. Not our first topic, but charge that credit card. If you're paying interest on your cigars because you're going into debt for it, then, man, you got to change that right now, I think. This is when when it actually becomes an issue. It's no longer a hobby. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When When it's affecting your life, there's a problem. Yeah. All right, so so I'm, I'm a little biased. Continue, cut somewhere else. Keep your cigar budget high. Yeah, we'll keep your patina budget <laughs> high. Un- unbiasedly. Yeah, and your or switch to Roma Craft because they're super cheap, right? Both of, both of those two are good. Yeah. <laughs> Buy some uh, cup of soup. <laughs> that actually leads perfectly into the next question that I have for you, which is a complete 180 from where we are. Nice. Bring it on. Speaking of soup, <laughs> is cereal soup? What's the definition of soup? Oh, you're going to make me Google this shit. <laughs> I'm going to say no. It's cereal. Just like last week, a hot what dog you put is, it in milk? is a I, hot I dog. Think, I think cereal just is refers to the grain aspect of what cereal is made of, right? So technically it could be, I mean, no one ever said soup has to be hot. No one ever said soup has to be, you know, tomato based or water based or whatever. That's, that's true because if you have some, uh, 
I don't know. What is that? Cream of mushroom? It probably has some milk in it. So it's cereal like. Because <laughs> I remember at the Board of Trade, they used to refer to the grains as like the cereals, right? It's like yeah. oats and, and stuff like that. So, like, I think the cereal portion of cereal is just the like the grain aspect of it, not necessarily what category it falls into. And then people just started calling it cereal. That sounds right. But that, yeah. It's still not, though. What's I the, mean, did you get a definition? Yeah, so there's there's two that matter. Yeah, uh, what's the Urban Dictionary? Is... <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. You don't want to look, no, you don't do want to look that one up. Urban Dictionary. <laughs> We're going to get some crazy uh, yeah, this sex act. Good. Oh, God, it's here. Oh, my God. Hold on, and by the way, this was completely blind. I had no idea that this was even a thing. So this should be good. <laughs> here's the top definition of soup. Here, here's the entirety of it. It's mm. soup. Read for accuracy. What? That was it. It's That's soup. That's it? Yeah. Right. Was that the Urban Dictionary? That was the Urban Dictionary top definition. Uh, that's soup. boring. All right. So here we go. Here we go. A liquid food, especially with a meat fish or vegetable stock as a base and often containing pieces of solid food. Ooh. Would you consider milk a meat, fish, or vegetable stock? No. Not not stock, but the milk comes from a cow or could be an almond. An almond? Show me the udders on an almond. Yeah, no, no you never had you never had <laughs> almond milk? I have. But they don't it's have delicious. They don't have udders. Um so here's the, the the problematic definition: something having or suggesting the consistency or nutrient qualities of soup. Read that one again. Something having or suggesting the consistency or nutrient qualities of soup. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Cal? I don't know, man. I would say probably. I don't have a reason it wouldn't be. Cow says cereal is a soup. (laughs) Seems reasonable. How about this? Here's something for you guys. How about items that take... People refer to an item as a brand name instead of what they are. For example. Kleenex. Yes, I was just thinking that. Kleenex is a brand. Kleenex yes. is not facial tissue. Well, Kleenex is facial tissue, <laughs> but facial tissue doesn't necessarily have to be Kleenex. Yeah, here's the really funny part: is that those brands they have to like continually make sure that they're not associated with that object entirely, so they don't lose their brand. Right? If every mm-hmm. facial tissue was considered a Kleenex, Kleenex would mm-hmm. no longer have a copyright. Yep. Interesting. Crazy, right? Yeah. What else is like that? Uh, used to be like Xerox machines, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you refer to like every copy machine as a Xerox machine? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sure there's more. There is. People are yelling them at us right now. Yeah. Well, not right, not right now, but it'll be tomorrow. Oh, yeah. 
for sure. <sighs> if you've got one, post it. Post it on Instagram under our our feed. Yeah. Or on the SoundCloud. Or on the cloud. Yeah, don't let Costa be the only person who comments. Dude, Tyler comments every single time. He always says first. <laughs> That's it. Every time. How inventive. Which Tyler? One second. Uh, Texas Tyler. Texas Tyler. So that's good stuff. I'll get him this week. I'll post first. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Um, so here's a question for you. Uh, one of you guys, pick one of your favorite songs of all time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave that one to Drew. Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. All right. Okay, I'm Googling it right now to find the lyrics. I'm going to find some lyrics and ask you what in the hell they mean. Oh, this is funny. So I've got a um, a, a guy that now works under me. Um, really? Physically? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, let me explain, and then you'll you'll have a better idea. <laughs> Anywho, um, so he's actually originally from Nigeria. Freaking brilliant. He was a pilot in Nigeria. He speaks okay. like four languages. Uh, right. Super intelligent guy, but, and, and he's mm, what would be considered fluent in English, except all of our crazy sayings. Um, yeah. so, so this past week, he likes country music, so we had some country music on in the warehouse. And uh, you know the song, um, something about buy me a boat, buy, uh, buy me a truck to pull it. I don't even yeah, know the name of it. Sure. Anyway, okay. So he did, the next phrase of the song, no. the next phrase of the song goes, buy me a Yeti 110 ice down full of silver bullets. He goes, what does that mean? <laughs> so I had to explain to him what a Yeti cooler mm-hmm. is. And a silver bullet is And course. silver bullet is coolers. Um, yeah. But then another song kicks on, and it's uh, about a honky-tonk. He didn't know what honky-tonk and shit kickers was. Anyways, two of I, us? I pretty much spend does, all day. Why does he like country music? I don't know. He just likes country music. There's like nothing he seems to understand about it. Yeah, no. but it's like the, all the non-urban people that listen to rap music. And they're like, you know, they're singing along lyrics. They have no fucking idea what they mean. I mean, me and Tupac they have slang. a okay? <laughs> yeah. There's Anywho, that. it's funny. And pretty much I spend all day explaining our... Uh, uh, Translating? Yeah. Somebody said butthurt in the in the lunchroom one day, and he's like, I don't understand this. It doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah, slang. Because yeah. people, people overseas learn proper English. So, yes. you know, the colloquial slangs of a, of a given territory that you live in are going to be lost on them. Oh, yeah. It's just you know, funny. Oklahoma it's tends fun. to be a place that has a lot of colloquial slang. slang. That and then uh, he it always gets him when we say um, now I'm not gonna be able to think of anything when you have like another word for something like yeah instead of calling I'm it fixing sh- you, no 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 like like if you called uh, God I don't even know shoes if you, you you know instead of just calling them shoes you call them wheels or kicks or something like that yeah he's yeah. like why don't you just call them shoes <laughs> yeah yeah it's like that's not as fun. You gotta, like he, you know, he probably like when you say <laughs> the song kicks on, he probably imagines you like kicking the radio or something <laughs> like that. 
uh, when the song plays. We have a good time, and I explain our oh, our, uh, uh, our wonderful diplomat, slang. Drew, 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 Drew diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> if only somebody made an app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Cal, what do you so, got? So I'm going to ask you what, what in the hell this means. Let's go. Go well, for it. All right. Well, I'm going to paint my picture, paint myself in blue and red and black and gray. All of the beautiful colors are very, very meaningful. I don't have a clue, actually. There's lyrics in your favorite song. I've read, uh, I've read about this song because it is actually my favorite <laughs> song, and I know the lyrics. Um, but What does that mean? I don't know that specific part of the song. The rest actually makes a lot of sense. I had to find a part that didn't. <laughs> I think he's talking about being like symbolic. Yeah, that's the next part. It's fair. But yeah, I just figure with pretty much any song you like, you can grab some weird lyrics and be like, what the heck are they talking about? Yes, you can. So I have another funny comment, funny story from this past week. So we podcast pretty much every Monday. Mm. And then uh, my wife last week, um, she was talking to her friend, um, actually Mo up in Chicago. I, I got a couple good stories actually about this. So her best Does friend. Does this count from, as deep throats? The deep, deep <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 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 deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Is, this is how <laughs> Mo got himself murdered by Drew. Yeah, we're going to. We're gonna... <laughs> Sorry. That's that's not on this podcast. That's yeah. the best slip we've ever had. <laughs> it's a nip slip. <laughs> uh, fuck Call me. it what you want. Um, no. Okay, so we got done podcasting, and she she was uh, she was talking to her friend up in Chicago, actually. Yeah. And uh, she, I guess she asked what I was up to or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, Drew's podcasting, whatever," and she's like, "What?" what is this podcast? She's like, I don't really know. He podcasts about cigars. Anyways, she goes, the friend tells, tells my wife, she's like, he could be famous and you don't even know. And I was like, no, no, I couldn't. <laughs> and you would know. <laughs> We're uh, all of our uh, 100 listeners does not mean famous for any of us. And if anybody's famous, it's Danny and he's not even on here. Yeah, sure. So the second half of this was her her husband, uh, the friend's husband. I'd uh, when he was down here for our wedding, um, we actually smoked a cigar together. Mm-hmm. Now I've got him hooked. He went to Cuba right after and started smoking cigars and came back to the states. And now uh, I'm gonna actually have him come meet up with you sometime, Mo, and right. show him the ropes. Yeah, slap him around a little bit. But uh, <laughs> another person that I've. Uh, Influenced, influenced in a bad way to start smoking cigars. Well, Drew, you, I mean, you taught me a lot about cigars too, man. And, um, you know, a lot about the different stuff that was out there that I wasn't exposed to really. You, I mean, you were a great cigar influencer. I, w- I mean, I wish more people got introduced to cigars by people like you. Well, thank you. Uh, that's, that's a deep throat with Drew. Deep throat with <laughs> Drew. Um, I was, I, for people who say about Cuban cigars, okay, I just want to make this comment. I think Cuban cigars, when they smoke right, okay, you know, assuming it draws and, and all that, 
Um, some of them are absolutely fantastic and unique and amazing, right? I think we could all agree on that, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. My, I'm going to throw this out there, and you guys could pick yours. But if somebody were to ask me, pick me one Cuban cigar that that I just I have to try, and without trying to be, you know, Mister Frickin aficionado or Mr. You know, high end or Mr. Whatever. I would tell them if there's one that you got to smoke and I just smoked one today and I, and I was just like, God, this is amazing. Cohiba Robusto. If you're, if, if somebody were to ask me, Mo, what is the one Cuban cigar I have to seek out that if I want to really enjoy a Cuban, this is what I want to get. I would tell them Cohiba Robusto without, you know, breaking your bank, or having to, you know, scour the internet or, you know, pay somebody off. That would be the cigar <laughs> that I would recommend somebody to smoke. That good, huh? Well, I just, you know, like I'm saying, like, you know, it's like anything, right? If I were to pick one to, to kind of give you like an introduction to something, right? Like, yeah, um, that that would be what I would recommend to that person. It's like I've never smoked a cube and I really want to try one. Which one should I smoke? I'm like, man, start try a Cohiba Robusto. Now it's a little bit on the not stouter pricey. end, but it, it is a little bit pricey. But it's also, you know, it's a little bit on the, you know, it's not going to be a Monty Two or a Romeo like, you know, short Churchill or wide Churchill where they're kind of lighter. It's a little bit on the uh, more medium plus side. Uh, but if somebody were to ask me, man, that would be the one that I would tell them to smoke. What about you guys? Is this a seasoned cigar smoker to try it or a newbie? Anybody. Someone's like, I, I really want to try Cuban cigars. I mean, you know, whatever. So as, Which a even lot as a are. newbie, you'd be like, try this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's not that strong. No, no, no. Gonna like... Just trying to clarify. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go so, the other way and say like a, uh, like a Money 2 or a, you know, Spartacus, uh, five or four. Okay, fair enough. That I mean, great cigar. And even that would be a little, you know, the Partagas is a little, uh, it's still mild, but. It's a little stronger. A little stronger is what I was getting, yes. Yeah. Cow? So step one, don't waste your time probably. Um because there's good cigars that you can get legally in the United States, right? If you don't sure. live in the United States, that's a different story. There's you can get you can get all good stuff. Um, but if you were gonna start, I would I, I agree with the the money too as a pretty safe bet as an intro. Mo, though you you just made me want to try one of those. You've never had one? No. Well, we'll change that. <laughs> Be in your next care package. Ooh, now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's to me. That is, I could literally smoke two or three of those in a row. Yeah, be, yeah, they're awesome. Nice. You know, they're in the same. Uh, you know, when you talk about pro again, not taste. Yeah. Profile. That cigar is in that wheel, like we, my wheelhouse profile, which is like, you know, my Habano. 
um, you know, uh, the Byron, like three años, the one with the red band, like yeah. that kind of like Habano-ish profile type. Um, that's a good range I, there. And, and like the, bo- the Boulevard too, the Boulevards, uh, yeah, those the, are good. uh, Corona, whatever, kind of like that profile space. I love that profile. And it was funny. There was a guy that posted a patina the other day and he goes, this is very Cuban-esque. And that's not the first person that I've heard say that about Patina. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because, you know, not that I'm discounting their opinion. That is your opinion. And, and God bless. And I'm not going to take that away from you. Everybody has a different experience with everything they smoke. But I could tell you that there was never once where I said, yeah, let's come up with a Cuban-esque cigar. Because guess what? Only a Cuban is a Cuban-esque cigar. These people that go out there and tout their cigars as Cuban-esque and this and that, no, stop it, okay? <laughs> That's, this is a Nicaraguan cigar, you know? And if there are property... Now, I will say that I do have a lot of crossover with people who like to smoke Cubans. I will definitely... I do say that. That is true. My cigars, for one reason or another, do have a lot of crossover with Cuban smokers. But... I can promise you that there was, that was never my intention that, you know, I just wanted to make a smooth cigar that, that no matter how, how long you've been smoking or whatever, you can pick it up and enjoy it. Right. But I thought that was interesting. Now you made me want to smoke a patina. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I feel like all the patina cigars have at least a little bit more in the balls department than most Cuban cigars I've smoked. Yes. You know, and that's the Nicaraguan in Pennsylvania, right? And I think that any Q, or any Nicaraguan, well, okay, so now that gets us back to how Cuban are Cuban cigars today, right? Let's be honest, that you can't sit there and tell, uh, tell me that they, well, first of all, I know for sure that they're using tobacco from other countries, right, in their blends. Yeah. That's just fact. That's not hearsay. That's not, that's fact. That's okay. some controversial fact up in there, though. Well, it is what it is. So <laughs> um, the reality is Cuba does not produce enough tobacco to supply the number of cigars that they supply to the world. Now, imagine if the United States market opened up for them, right? I mean, it's it would be insane. But that where was I going with this? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is that Nicaraguan stuff tends to have a certain profile. Your Dominican stuff has a certain profile, you know, yeah, that, that they are, you know, uh, that is associated with the country of origin, if you will. Even if you use, even if you use tobacco from other regions, like let's say you use a, a, a wrapper from Ecuador or use some Pennsylvania or use a Connecticut broadleaf, when the guts are primarily Nicaraguan, it's going to have a very Nicaraguan feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Wait, hold on. The wrapper isn't 100% of the cigar? <laughs> no, no. That's no, only no. when you're smoking a uh, Lancero. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. One of those Cuban Lanceros that's 100% Cuban. Cuban. Yeah. Yeah, that might be. And I smoked this, I forgot what it was, man, not long ago. And I was just like, dude, this is Nicaraguan. It was a Cuban, but it was like, it's like this is like Nicaraguan, man. I mean, it really smoked like a Nicaraguan cigar. That's some shady crap, though, if they're saying it's a Cuban cigar. And well, it's, it's not. primarily. 
I mean, I would call Patina a Nicaraguan cigar, but it's not 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Does Cuba ever say that their cigars have anything else in them, though? Absolutely not. That's the shady part. (laughs) Right, if you told me that a Patina is a 100% Nicaraguan cigar. I don't think they advertise Cuban cigars as being a Cuban Puro or anything, though, do they? They just say it's made in Cuba? I don't know. Yeah. I don't see the advertising, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't think they ever really ever say it's a Cuban Puro. I don't think they go around advertising that. So to their credit. I think you just assume that it is. Everybody just people assumes. People assume, right? You know people what assuming assume does? That. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. And really, you know, I'll never forget this conversation I had with Nelson Alfonso, who's the the master blender and creator of Atta Bay and Byron. And he said the only, in his opinion, that the only country you could truly make a puro from is Cuba. That was his stance on it. And, you know, as we know, there are plenty of Nicaraguan puros or Dominican puros that we see on the market today um, that are very good cigars, Right. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with with him, but that I thought that that was very interesting. That that was kind of like how he looked at it. Like, no matter what, the puros from other countries are kind of missing something. But you could literally go to Cuba and and take from the tobacco that they have and create a puro that that hits all aspects of of the palate. Hmm. You know what I'll be impressed by someday is when somebody comes up with a decent Honduran puro. <laughs> Yeah. Well, aren't uh, he said? Aren't the Aladinos? He said a decent. That's a good cigar, man. Those are good cigars. I thought they were. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I can be impressed. Yeah, those are pretty good cigars, man. If they are, and I'm not sure if they are, but I know that they use Honduran wrapper. Sure. But I know for yeah, I mean, no, I think you can have reasonable Honduran parts to a cigar, but when you get enough in there, man, I just I, I don't. Do oh that. no, Honduran tobacco doesn't do it for me. <laughs> no. no thanks. Does not have a, a high ranking in the the Sultan's harem. No, no, it doesn't. So did we? Did we already hit our deep thoughts with Drew? Or you got something else for us, man? That's it. You got it. Rewind it if you missed it. <laughs> listen again. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to listen carefully because <laughs> it's pretty quick. <laughs> Drew style. <laughs> I do pride myself on being pretty quick. You're diplomat. <laughs> it's just efficient, right? Exactly. It's, it's always a race. Well, and you're a winner, right? Always. You better believe it. You be- better believe it. Second, second's first loser. I'll catch up with you. <laughs> we got more. Or I'll keep up with you. That's what you always used to say. I'll keep up with you. Did you use that on your buddy at work? Uh, no, I probably need to. Yeah, you should. That's I'll good. Thanks, Mo. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'll be in touch. I think. Be in touch. Keep up with you. Okay. What else you guys got? Anything for this week? 
mean, my back already hurts from carrying all those topics. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come that, on. That was, you should be used that was to a it. Sol- that was a solid effort, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, this awkward pause will be the end then. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a longer awkward pause. Like, draw that shit out before you really end the show. <laughs> if you're still listening... If we had a prize, you'd get it. Yeah. Your prize is naming this, this, what the fan base is. This, this was a heavier podcast. We certainly touched on some real-life topics. So next week? Better believe it. All right, guys. Better believe it. I'll keep up with you <laughs> Keep guys. up with you. <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, guys, Peace. see ya. Thank you for listening to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, email us either about the podcast or about our cigar line at thesaltandsmoke at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you want any salt and smoke gear, please get onto our website and to our online store. We have shirts and hats. If you're looking for anything else, please let us know and we'll get it up there for you. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. <laughs>